4: Is sponsored by Town Hall Review.
5: All right, that number to call, area code 866 423 9578. Area code 866 423 9578 to be on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss. And remember, when you call that number at the end of it, put a 1. To be on the air and able to uh, talk to me uh, as our program continues. But you know, before you talk to me in any length on Thursday, we have our special guest. And that is that scholar, okay, of renown, right? Uh, One of the authors of the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge, Mr. Smith. Uh, He's with us, and uh, we're going to go to him right now. How are you doing, Mr. Smith?
3: Very well, Pastor Moss. Trust you're doing well, too.
5: Doing just great. It's so good to be with you here on the program again. And maybe you can help me and the listening audience with something. We had a discussion uh, as we go through the book of Genesis dealing with this uh, mysterious character, uh, Melchizedek. Okay, Melchizedek, which, uh, definitely a, a priest, uh, uh, and here, I, I guess, basically a Gentile uh, person in priesthood before the Mosaic Law. And there's a division among people. Uh, well, there's a debate. Some feel that, of course, Melchizedek is well, just Mr. Mr. Melchizedek, uh, a Canaanite priest, uh, you know. Some believe, though, that this was a, uh, let's say, a appearance of Christ on earth. Okay? Uh, so, so where do you stand on this?
3: Well, he certainly is a type of Christ, but he was not actually what we would call a Christophany or I guess that's the technical term for it, where Christ appeared before his incarnation at at the time we read of him in the New Testament. However, some people will say, but Jesus said that uh, he was before Abraham, and Abraham rejoiced to see his day, so they think they can connect it with Melchizedek. You're right. You're exactly right. That's what Chum do. Yeah, well, they didn't study the cross-references in either the original Treasury of Scripture knowledge or, more extensively, in the new Treasury of Scripture knowledge, which I think I reported to you recently that it will be coming out back in print again. It's still available electronically. Oh, great. But the print version is going to come out sometime. I don't know how soon, but they're working on it. And uh, in my notes in with the cross-references in the Ultimate Cross-Reference Treasury, which is an expanded version of the new Treasury of Scripture knowledge. It contains 900,000 cross-references or more. Wow! Uh, I traced some themes starting in Genesis chapter 17, I think it was. Might even have gone back earlier. But uh, the case is that Abraham had what the Muslims think is his firstborn son, and, of course, Ishmael, and they are confused. They don't understand that he wasn't the son of promise because that son came through Hagar, but the son of promise had to come through Sarah. Uh And in connection with the birth of Sarah's son, the son of promise, Do you remember the name of that son? I'm sure you know it inside out. (laughs) I'm saying nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will coach you a little bit and tell you it was Isaac. Right. (laughs) And Isaac's name means laughter. Now, what did Jesus say? Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That's right, yeah. Even the basis for naming Isaac. Uh-huh. And why? Because Sarah didn't think she would possibly be able to have a child at her age, but she did, and she rejoiced too. Okay. And you remember before that when the three men came, and one of them is, as, as the narrative continues, is called Jehovah, uh-huh. or Lord, and so forth. Uh, that was a Christophany. Okay, so there we uh, do a particular have... particular ...individual, Stop. which was Christ, said, about this time I will come and Sarah shall have her son. And so that's what the connection is.
5: Well, t- tell me this. Now, now, this made me think of something else, Mr. Smith, because over in Genesis we have, which says that God walked in the cool of the day. Uh, in the Garden of Eden to uh, commune with uh, Adam and Eve. Was that a Christophany also, or possibly a Christophany?
3: Possibly, because we know that uh, Jesus said that God is spirit, and we have other texts of Scripture which tell us that no man has seen God at any time. And so in that sense, however, it is possible to think of theophanies, which would be appearances of God in human form. Uh-huh. Now, that may have been the case for that, actually. Um,
5: wow. i I tell you it's something
3: else. Uh, the things that uh,
5: come out of these scriptures when you really dig into them. That's uh, right.
3: so, and there's yeah. a whole lot more there. We could spend weeks going through some of these things.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's exactly- I'll just
3: give you a little teaser, though, Pastor Moss. You say what right now? This, uh, there's a verse over in uh, Genesis chapter 19 in verse 24. Uh-huh. And if you turn there, and maybe you can read it, because I, I, I'm i holding a phone in one hand and a computer <laughs> mouse in another here practically. But, okay. Uh, in Gen- Genesis nineteen twenty four.
5: Okay. Then the Lord reigned upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah. Brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven.
3: All right. Now look what you've got there. You've got a Lord, which in a translation like the American Standard or the Darby version and some others, renders Jehovah. So Uh you've got Jehovah in heaven, and then you've got in the same verse, Jehovah upon the earth. And that proves that there are two that are named Jehovah, two persons that are named Jehovah. Uh We've got two Jehovah's. Uh, Now, when I show that to a Jehovah's Witness, when they come to my door, they're about ready to scram as fast as they can, I think, because... (laughs) (laughs) uh, How are you going to explain that? Well, the answer is, some people don't believe in the Trinity, Pastor Moss. Yeah, some don't. And they take verses like uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, I think it is, and various other ones, uh, to prove that there's only one God. Well, yes, that's right, but that God is in three persons, Uh even in the book of Genesis. Yeah. Because if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it talks, if I'm thinking right, uh, about the Spirit brooded over the waters... That's not quite the King James Version, but that's going according to the rendering given in the emphasized Bible by Rotherham, and he has a footnote there on on that. Oh, you're you're and, right.
5: And in, you're, in Genesis 126, and God said, let us make man in our image.
3: Oh, no, I'm going to upset your apple cart, Pastor Moss. You, when you bring up another verse, you're getting yourself in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible, yes, because you've got a plural pronoun and that might make reference to more than one person in the Godhead. However, there are some scholars today, and I think with considerable justification, say that that may not be a reference to the Trinity, but rather to the Heavenly Council. And that would be a whole other program to dig into that. So I'll just say that... the. Uh, there's two ways of looking at that passage. I've always taken it the way you would have taken it just now. But having done more study more recently, I see there is another viewpoint done by Bible-believing expert, thorough scholars.
5: Well, we want to know all of those
3: things. Uh, Yeah. So uh, there are interesting verses in various places in Scripture that speak of the heavenly council and sometime you can ask me a question at the start of the program, and we can go into that even in more depth, but I think we can transfer over to what I was going to present in the first place by continuing with what we ended off last week, and that is I was giving a list of helpful books that I have found that uh, increase our understanding of Scripture and uh, Christianity and so forth, and last time we ended up Talking about the Kingdom of the Cults by Walter Martin, and we mentioned right. the four major cults by Anthony Hokoma. Now, then the program stopped and closed, and I had one more title to give. So here's the missing title. You'll be familiar with this one, I know. A Lawyer Examines the Bible by Irwin H. Linton. Yes, yes. In fact, I have that book. It's great. Yes. And that. Now, I recognize that there's a book now that is no longer in print. And so to get one costs a pretty penny, at least in terms of my pocketbook and budget. Uh, my son, Tim, bought one fairly recently, maybe a year ago or so, and uh, it cost him $50 to get a used one. Wow! So they are in demand and they're high-priced. So I thought I'd better tell the audience uh, other books that are similar and are more recent that they could probably find or get at their local bookstore. If the bookstore doesn't have it in stock, they can easily order it, I'm sure. So I'm going to give a couple of t- titles for that. And these are books that I've read all the way through, Pastor Ma, so it isn't just having seen it on a list somewhere. The first, okay. the, the First one that I would recommend is by William D. Mounts. Now you might be familiar with him because he's written a Greek grammar and uh, a lot of stuff along that line.
5: Yeah, I'm not familiar uh, with him. Uh, he he uh, deals with the uh, with the, the languages also.
3: Yes, but he also wrote recently this book. I think he just wrote it last year. Maybe it was a very recent book. Anyway. Why I Trust the Bible, and the subtitle Answers to Real Questions and Doubts People Have About the Bible. So that is a very excellent book.
6: I like the title.
3: That's uh, by William D. Mounts, and the title again, Why I Trust the Bible, and the subtitle, Answers to Real Questions and Doubts People Have About the Bible. Wonderful. Yep. Now the next one is by William Lane Craig. Now we mentioned last week that sometimes I use authors and resources that I don't agree with a hundred percent. Uh huh. Now William Lane Craig, though on the subject of Christian evidences, is top notch, and I have no quibble with him on those. He did his homework. Uh huh. He did a
5: lot of good work on the
3: resurrection, didn't he? Yes, that's right. Uh Yeah, he's he's great in that. He's real good on those things. However, on my website at www.realbiblestudy.com, I wrote an extensive article, and I slammed him to the wall. (laughs) Mr. Smith. (laughs) I don't usually do those things, and I had uh, Sue's mom, Grandma Grace, Read what I wrote before I posted it to be sure it wasn't too harsh. But I was fairly harsh with, with what he wrote. Well, the where reason did he write? I was harsh was because he was writing on the subject of Bible prophecy. Uh huh. And he was discouraging anyone from attending any films related to the Left Behind series. I don't know. Before they came out or before the particular one that was going to come out came out. And so I I said that is utterly unfair. It's unreasonable. People should not be discouraged from viewing something by genuine Bible-believing Christians. You may not agree with their position on Bible prophecy, but uh, a lot of people hold that view, the pre-tribulation rapture view, and you should at least respect it enough not to try to... uh, Quotes the thing before it even gets off the ground.
5: Well, I, I agree with you on that a hundred percent. The one thing that really gets me is when people debate things that aren't essentials. And not just debate—you can debate it, but we can be Christians and uh, still agree to disagree on some non-essential issues.
3: I'm with you. Right. And you know, Pastor Moss. Maybe you don't know, but I'll tell you: when I was in high school at Cass, I attended Cass. I was in the electrical curriculum, and my English teacher saw me carrying a Bible to school every day, so she said, Mr. Smith, I think you may end up being a pastor. I said, oh, no, I don't plan to become a pastor because I can't deal with all these old ladies. I'm just telling you what I said when I was a teenager. So any old ladies listening, please forgive my talk back when I was a teenager. (laughs) But in any case, she said, so because she thought that she would enroll me in Uh, speech and debate course and there was a lady that taught that named Miss Smith and she was very good and one semester we were doing discussion, the other semester we were doing debate and the final debate that my debate partner and I, he was the main man, I was the tag-along so to speak, but We won the city championship, so Cass Tech won the whole southeastern region of Michigan that year in in debate. And he got a $5,000 scholarship to go to Yale University, I believe. And I didn't get a penny, but I certainly profited from the experience. Now, when I went to college, I went to Bob Jones University, and uh, Mm. they were looking for young people that had experience in debate, so I joined the debate teams there. And my senior year, I won the Men's Senior Championship together with my partner, and uh, I got my letter in debate and so on, so I've been involved in debating and have had deep experience doing it and coaching it and so on and so forth. Uh So it's all right to debate things, and when you learn to debate, you've got to know both sides or several sides of the question and all the evidences, both for and against. Because when it comes time to debate the topic the next debate round, you don't get to pick which side you take. You've got to take the side that's assigned, and there you go. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it was when I was involved in it. So I'm I'm used to that. So if somebody comes out and presents one side... Well, they better be prepared for somebody who knows that side as well as some other sides.
5: Right. You have to know both sides of an argument if you're going to have a uh, a productive debate.
3: Yeah. And if anybody's out there on the street witnessing to other people, telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ and how to be saved and so on, people are going to have questions, Pastor Moss. and I They're going to ask you questions. And in order for you to answer them, you got to know something. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and
5: unfortunately, you're right, a lot of people aren't prepared for dealing with the Jehovah Witnesses. In fact, um, you might recall, Walter Martin said that the average Christian can be turned into a doctrinal pretzel in just 30 seconds dealing with a Jehovah Witness, because they know more about the Bible in some cases than uh, Christians coming out of churches.
3: Yeah, and I've heard where even pastors can get twisted like into a pretzel in 30 minutes by a Jehovah's Witness. Absolutely, uh, that's that's not good. They need to do their careful study of Bible doctrines and so on. When I had the Jehovah's Witnesses come to my apartment there in Detroit for, I think four and a half years, approximately four years for sure, every Monday night from seven until whenever we stopped our discussion, uh, I learned a whole lot of Bible doctrine, uh-huh. and. The proof is in the pudding because I, the Lord, enabled me to use that knowledge now because I placed it in the new treasury of scripture knowledge, and there's an index entry: Jehovah's Witnesses, comma answer to, answers to doctrinal errors, and that goes on for some twenty or so separate subheadings uh, on their doctrines, where I've placed notes in the new treasury that answers each one of them in depth. So, All right, now the next title, (laughs) well, the first first title by William Lane Craig is Hard Questions, Real Answers. There's another book he wrote called On Guard, Defending Your Faith with Reason and Precision. And the third title by William Lane Craig is Reasonable Faith. So what I'm suggesting is any book written by William Lane Craig is certainly worth reading and studying carefully. Now, realize if you should ever write a book about Bible prophecy, you may hear views that you agree with, and you may hear views that he has that you don't agree with. So uh, I've spent more time reading views I don't agree with than I have reading views I do agree with. Uh-huh. That's, that's the only way you can tell for sure if you're on the right track, Pastor Moss, because the other team taking a different position will poke holes in your weakest points. So if you can answer those weakest points then you understand that you're on the, you've got it correct.
5: Yeah, well you're right. That's what can bring people out of the cults, is that they are uh, you know uh, and some Jehovah Witnesses are very serious about scripture and so uh definitely in fact some have come out because they dealt with Christians and they actually looked stuff up and found out that the uh, uh the biblical viewpoint from the church is more correct than what they've been hearing.
3: That's right. Now, the next thing I want to cover, and we won't likely finish it tonight because the clock keeps buzzing around, is the subject of study Bibles. Back when I was dealing with the Jehovah's Witnesses that kindly came to my apartment every week, the only study Bibles I had access to then were the Schofield Reference Bible, and that one really didn't have much content that would deal with answering Jehovah's Witnesses. Then I had the Companion Bible, and I had the Dake's Annotated Reference Bible. And uh, Dake and the Companion Bible were very, very helpful. You had to dig to get the information in terms of how they place it, but that's all I had. That's all that was available then. Uh, But now, if you have a copy of the New Treasure Scripture Knowledge, you pretty well can answer about everything they come up with. All right, so study Bibles that I recommend. The first one on my list, and this this is not in any special order. Uh, I was sitting down in my reading chair down in the living room, and I thought I've got to share with people some of the good study Bibles I know about that I'm using now. So the first one is just a plain text Bible, and that's what I recommend you start with. It's called the Holy Bible, Giant Print Reference Bible with Words of Christ in Red, published by Home and Bible Publishers, and that's in the King James Version. And I'm going to give the ISBN, International Standard Business, no book number,
6: <laughs> uh, it's okay.
3: 978 98128 five, five, nine, Now, the reason I mentioned the ISBE or ISBN number, is because it's hard to get that particular Bible unless you know that number give it again, get that number again to us yeah nine seven eight dash one dash five five eight one dash nine eight one two dash eight okay thank you yeah so if you go into a bible bookstore and want that particular Bible and I find it very nice. It's leather bound, and it's got big print, just like the title of it says. And it's a very nice Bible uh, to work with. By the way, I do not like Bibles myself that have thumb indexes. So that one does not have an index, and I don't recommend you use thumb index Bibles because they, for me, they make it harder to turn to the passage. I know where the books are. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> well, the only problem, Mister Smith, is after listening to you, uh, uh, we're going to be we're going to be in a poorhouse because we want all these books. <laughs> and yes. this, I just can't stop uh, purchasing them when I can get them because it's uh, just so helpful for not only for pastors and Sunday school teachers, but for all Christians. We need to know as much as we can.
3: That's right. And the best way to do it is do it the way I did, Pastor Moss. I got myself a Detroit shopping newspaper route, and then I had the Detroit newspaper route in Palmer Park. And I paper and saved more money than I spent, and I, the, the money that I saved I used to buy good Bible books. Of course, these recent ones I bought with current income, but back then it was hard to save up and get them, but I did.
5: Now, yeah, and and is, I know that you were able to, when I came to see you, is to give me some books, a few of them, because you had copies of them, and that was
3: really helpful. Yep. Uh, number two on my list is the Holy Bible Teacher's Reference Edition, put out by the National Publishing Company, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 1959. Now, that may still be available, but even if it's not, uh, it's a plain text King James Version, and it's a handy size that you can easily carry around and I mentioned that the first one I mentioned is a larger volume, and for looking up cross references by hand, I open the larger Bible to the verse I'm studying, and then use the smaller Bible to turn up the cross references as I check them each one after the other. Of course, now we can do it electronically, but back in those days when I started out, you couldn't. Wow! wow. Next, next one everybody knows about, it's uh, the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. And okay. I had that back then, too, and still have that very copy, and it's an excellent resource. Now, another one that some people might not be as familiar with, but it's very helpful, is the Chronological Bible by Edward Reese. The one I had was published in 1977, and it's in large print, but it comes in regular print. And that is one of the nicest chronological Bibles available, but I have several others that I may mention later.
5: All right, well, i tell you what, you've given us so much information and our, our, our time has run out. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, but I, I guess I'll continue next I time. <laughs> yeah. So we are, um, hopefully everyone out there took great notes. Man, we've got a, a, a lot of research we can do. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Smith, we'll see you next time. And listen, thank you very, very much.
3: Well, thank you for allowing me to be on your program, Pastor Moss.
5: All right. I'll talk to you again. Yes. yes. All right. The number to call, here code 866-423-9578. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
0: The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then, just three months later... Extortion 17, requesting permission to take off. A U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others entered the Tagi Valley. I saw a flash. You seen a flash? anybody out there. We
2: have a fallen angel. A fallen angel. Roger.
0: Extortion 17, the provocative new film telling the story of the largest loss of life in U.S. Special Forces history. Now playing on SalemNow.com. Questions quickly arise. Why did it take 17 minutes to fly a 10-minute mission? With their black box on board? Every American should be taught about what happened in Extortion 17. What really happened? The seal Team 6 that dreadful night. Fallen Angel. Extortion 17. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com.
1: This is Daryl Wood for Faith Talk Detroit and Bible League International. The gospel is changing hearts in regions of the world like Asia, Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. But many countries in these regions have very few Christian bookstores, big box stores, or online retailers to drop Bibles into their villages. So it's nearly impossible to find what is so elementary in walking with Christ. And that's God's Word. That's why we're partnering with Bible League to send Bibles to 2,600 waiting Christians. $5 sends one Bible, $35 sends seven, and $100 sends Bibles to 20 Christians. Help us bless 2,600 Bibleist believers through our shared campaign. The world needs the word. Bibles for the nation. Make your most generous gift today by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-937-9673. 800-YES-WORD. Or give at faithtalkdetroit.com. This is Daryl Wood for Faith Talk Detroit and Bible League International. The gospel is changing hearts in regions of the world like Asia, Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. But many countries in these regions have very few Christian bookstores, big box stores, or online retailers to drop Bibles into their villages. So it's nearly impossible to find what is so elementary in walking with Christ. And that's God's Word. That's why we're partnering with Bible League. To send Bibles to 2,600 waiting Christians, $5 sends one Bible, $35 sends seven, and $100 sends Bibles to 20 Christians. Help us bless 2,600 Bibleist believers through our shared campaign, The World Needs the Word, Bibles for the Nation. Make your most generous gift today by calling 800 Yes Word. That's 800 937 9673. 800 Yes Word, or give at faithtalkdetroit.com.
5: That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. As always, I want to thank my special guest and mentor, uh, uh, Mr. Jerome Schmidt, great guy, does a great job of uh, scholarship and teaching the Word of God. We're still in Genesis as we go through the Bible, uh, book by book, uh, definitely in some cases, uh, especially in the Old Testament, when we get to dealing with uh, chronologies and genealogies, we might skip a little bit, but other than that, we're dealing with the substance of uh, each and every text. And now we're looking at Genesis chapter uh, 15, and as always, dealing with uh, possible you know, hard passages of the Bible that definitely need to be broke down well and explained well in a sermon or in a Sunday school lesson. That's right. Especially when it seems, it seems like the Bible may contradict itself. Because there are no contradictions in the Bible. All right. So, let's uh, continue. We've looked at Meshizadak in uh, Genesis chapter 14. Let's now look at Genesis chapter 15. Right? Where we see here in Genesis 15 and 1. After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Okay. Here God is talking to him. Now what you're looking at in Genesis chapter 15 is how the gospel okay was preached to Abraham. Right. How the gospel was preached to Abraham. That's what you're looking at. Okay. And so we'll show you the di- di- dynamics of this, which uh, occurs right within this particular verse, okay, uh, showing us that by faith, okay, grace and faith we're saved, not of works, least any man should boast, kind of thing. Notice, 15 again, Genesis 15 and 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Saying, I go child. He, said, he never had had a child. Okay? And the steward of my house is this Eliza of Damascus. Now Eliza would be the one who would receive something that would go to the firstborn, okay, if uh, you know, if there was no firstborn, right? So that's why he mentioned him. Uh, Eliza, a servant of his, of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And that's this Elijah. He's going to be the heir unless I get, you know, physical seed. And behold, here, Genesis fifteen four. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Thou shalt, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine, thine heir. Now, when we see bowels here, right? Um... Bowels, to us, has a very physical connotation. Sometimes in the Bible it does as well. But sometimes bowels has to do with uh, things of the heart and emotions, just to understand. All right? Uh, But he's basically saying that uh, he's going to have his own offspring, Verse 5, and he brought him forth abroad. See, this is what God is doing with, with, uh, with Abraham. Look now toward heaven. Tell the stars that thou be able to number them. Now, that's something to look at the stars and see if you can number them. In other words, God is telling Abraham, you can't number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Wow, now, now this is some kind of a prophetic promise to make to Abraham, okay? that his seed would be as numerous as the stars of heaven. Okay, Wow. So that lets you know something, that uh, God is very serious about the work that he does and, is, and does through the seed of Abraham or the Jewish people, okay? okay? He doesn't say that. It means he suits us all, okay? But definitely he had a special mission for them. That is why I can say categorically, okay, that regardless of what happens in our time, I don't care whatever kind of nuclear weapons they come up with, that there will be no way that God will ever allow Israel and the Jews to be destroyed. Not going to happen. Now, we're talking about those things, as we get more into biblical prophecy. And if you want to be in a biblical prophecy class already, all you've got to do is log on to strictlybiblical.org on Tuesday at 11 o'clock, and we have a prophecy class that's from 11 to about 1215, where we talk about all these prophetic issues. And it's very good to talk about these issues today. All right. All right. I, dig- I digress. Back to this. says, in verse 6, Genesis 15:6. Yeah. And he believed in the Lord, right? By faith you're saved, out of works least any man should boast. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. That's what it talks about in terms of, that's what salvation is about, uh, through grace is. Through grace. Of course, once you're saved, good works follow, but it starts with grace. We're going to take a break. We'll be right
1: back. This is Daryl Wood for Faith Talk Detroit and Bible League International. The gospel is changing hearts in regions of the world like Asia, Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. But many countries in these regions have very few Christian bookstores, big box stores, or online retailers to drop Bibles into their villages. So it's nearly impossible to find what is so elementary in walking with Christ. And that's God's Word. That's why we're partnering with Bible League. To send Bibles to 2,600 waiting Christians, $5 sends one Bible, $35 sends seven, and $100 sends Bibles to 20 Christians. Help us bless 2,600 bible believers through our shared campaign. The world needs the word. Bibles for the nation. Make your most generous gift today by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-937-9673. 800-YES-WORD. Or give at faithtalkdetroit.com.
7: F45 Training in Rochester Hills has teamed up with gotahalfitnow.com to offer you a great half-off deal. Get a one-month unlimited training membership to F45 Training training in Rochester Hills for only $110. It's 45 minutes of functional training with a mix of circuit and high intensity interval training. Team training, life changing. Go to gatahalfsitnow.com to purchase your 1 month unlimited training membership to F45 Training in Rochester Hills for half price and start your journey towards a healthy
4: you. <laughs> Make plans to attend Faith Talk Detroit's Comedy at Christmas show. Start the holidays with laughter on December 1st at the Maple Theater. Bring your entire family for an evening of clean comedy. Fit for all ages with local comedians Julie Lyons, Billy Ray Bauer, and Chris Young. Tickets are on sale now for $10 at faithtalkdetroit.com. Comedy at Christmas, Wednesday, December 1st at the Maple Theater. All tickets must be purchased in advance at faithtalkdetroit.com.
7: Visit got to purchase half-price certificates for great-tasting alkaline, ozone, or purified water from Water Pure Water. Serving Kego Harbor and the surrounding areas, let Water Pure Water show you how good your water should taste. $50 certificates for $25 are available now. To enjoy clean and healthy water in your home or office, log on to gotahalfitnow.com. That's gotta, H-A-L-F, itnow.com, to buy your Water Pure Water $50 certificates for $25. Don't miss the action of Detroit Mercy Basketball on WLQVFM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk Detroit. The legendary program that brought you Dave DeBuscher, Spencer Haywood, Earl Curiton, and Rashad Phillips is now your home for the Titans. Led by head coach Mike Davis, star guard and NCAA record holder and his son Antoine Davis, and a squad that's ready to bring the program Back to Greatness. That's Detroit Mercy Basketball on WLQB FM 92.7 and AM 1500 Faith Talk, Detroit.
5: That number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code eight six six to five seven eight. You're on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emery Moss. In the midst of our discussion in the book of Genesis, we're going to go and talk to Gary right now. How you
2: doing, Gary? Uh, yes, Pastor Moss. Hope you're enjoying the week. Uh, I enjoy uh, hearing uh, Minister Smith, but there's some problems. Uh, number one, um, there's different translations. Did you ever study the translate uh, the original? The original uh, New Testament was written in. I believe it was Greek. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay, then...
5: He had to do a lot of it, uh, Gary. He had to do it in Bible college and seminary. It's a lot of work, too.
2: Okay, after the Apostles died, then they, the Catholic Church went to the Latin, uh, Jerusalem Bible and other translations, so they have their commentaries. If you look at commentaries, you have Baptist commentaries, Lutheran commentaries, Presbyterian commentaries, so you have to look and see what they're saying. I believe the book of Acts, written by Luke, he traveled with Paul, right? He wrote uh-huh. exactly what the tur- he wrote exactly what the church taught. So if mm-hmm. you're going to teach someone about the the Word of God, you have to go to the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Uh, he was very historical, right? He wrote yeah, what he taught. Would. So there's a lot of ministries today. They're not teaching the book of Acts. They skip the book of Acts and they teach in Romans and Ephesians and Galatians the and they is, mixed,
5: uh um, and you mentioned that are doing that because I've never seen
2: that. Well, I talked to a lot of people, ministers, and that, and they skip the Book of Acts. If you listen to radio, hardly which anybody. One? Which ones? I don't the know. Only one word that... that would talk about the Book of Acts is me and you, because the other no, ones don't talk heard about many. it. many. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm
5: telling you, which ones that you have heard uh, that you can name that haven't preached the Book of Acts or taught it?
2: Okay, WLKV. late comes Ernie Sanders in Ohio. He doesn't he, he doesn't teach in the Book of Acts. That's just one. Okay, then there's others. All these I
5: don't
2: others. know if that's but that's
5: just one. Okay, okay. well, I'll tell you one what. Give and call me back with that. Give me a list, because uh, all the ones I've heard, and I listen to uh, oh, a lot of religious programming, Christian programming, they talk about the Book of Acts a lot. But thanks for your call, Gary. Number to call, area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. to be on the air. Bible talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. Yep. Uh, Book of Acts, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think the Christian church has that covered. There may be some different um, uh, things that folks put out of it, but uh, Acts has been on the slate of every um, minister and ministry program that I've seen, but you never know what can happen in the kingdom of the cult. So maybe Gary has some point there. All right, we're looking at Genesis chapter 15, and the key passage there, right? Genesis fifteen six and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Notice belief is the key, okay? B- belief is the key that is mentioned here in uh, uh, this particular uh, verse. Uh, why is that important? Because that is the essence of the gospel, isn't it? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works At least any man should boast. Now, definitely there are works that follow salvation, but first you're saved, and the salvation that really saves you produces works. Then you note that here the gospel was preached to Abraham. The gospel was preached to him here. How do we know it? Not just from opinion, from what it says in Galatians itself. Here in the letter of Galatians that Paul writes, he says, Concerning this, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, and the scripture, foreseeing okay, that God would justify the heathen through faith, okay, not the law, but justify the heathen. This is Paul's writing. Justify the heathen through faith. Preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying that in thee shall all the nations be blessed. All right? So uh, here we see the gospel. He believed in the Lord, here Genesis chapter fifteen verse six, he believed in the Lord and he counted unto him for righteousness. Okay, so he said all those good things to Abraham. Okay, in and in verse seven, Genesis fifteen seven, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Verse eight, and he said, Lord God. Okay, Abraham talking. Uh, uh, it's just awesome how freely he's talking to God. He said, Lord God. Whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Okay? Then he told him to make a sacrifice. And that's what he describes here. Okay? Told him how to do it a turtle, a dove, a young pigeon. Okay? And so the sacrifice, uh, the animals for the sacrifice were there. Everything was needed. But then something very unusual happened, right? It says in Genesis 15:10, and he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst, and made each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Then, watch verse 12, okay, Genesis 15 and 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, or Abram, okay? God put him to sleep, okay? Why, okay, why? And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety. That thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. Okay? Talking about Egypt, you shall serve them. Okay? Serve them. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right
8: back. Attention Americans 65 and older. The Medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 has begun. This is the only time to change your Medicare Advantage plan for a whole year. And Smart Match Insurance is here to help. Do you currently have a copay? What about a high deductible? Do you pay extra for dental and vision? Are your out-of-pocket expenses just too high? If you answered yes to any of these, you should call Smart Match. Smart Match is like having a personal Medicare consultant who can help you find plans which include $0 copay. Phase, $0 deductibles, even $0 premiums. Plus, dental and vision coverage for no additional cost. Having the wrong Medicare plan can cost you thousands. Smart Match makes it easy to find the right one with their free, smart, and unbiased help. If you find a plan you like, they can even enroll you on the spot. The Medicare annual enrollment period for 2022 and soon. The service is free with no obligation, so call SmartMatch today. Call 800 871 1592 That's 800 871 1592 800 871 <laughs> 1592.
4: Make plans to attend Faith Talk Detroit's Comedy at Christmas show. Start the holidays with laughter on December 1st at the Maple Theater. Bring your entire family for an evening of clean comedy, fit for all ages with local comedians, Julie Lyons. Billy Ray Bauer, and Chris Young. Tickets are on sale now for $10 at faithtalkdetroit.com. Comedy at Christmas, Wednesday, December 1st at the Maple Theater. All tickets must be purchased in advance at faithtalkdetroit.com.
7: Visit gotahalfitnow.com to purchase half price certificates for great tasting alkaline, ozone, or purified water from Water Pure Water. Serving Kego Harbor and the surrounding areas, let Water Pure Water show you how good your water should taste. $50 certificates for $25 are available now. To enjoy clean and healthy water in your home or office, log on to gotahalfitnow.com. That's Gotta, H A L F, itnow.com to buy your Water Pure Water $50 certificates for $25.
6: This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. The great exodus has begun from the nation's largest public school districts. A record number of families are voting with their feet in the nation's bluest cities. In New York's public school system, America's largest, enrollment has dropped by 50,000 students since 2019. That's a whopping 4.5%. In Los Angeles, the nation's second largest, there's a record loss of 6% of enrollment, 27,000 students leaving. COVID has spawned an education revolution. Urban parents at home with children barred from school by teachers' unions got a first-hand look at what their children were learning. They were not impressed. Whatever a parent's politics, race, or socioeconomic background, they all want their children to have the opportunities that only come with a quality education. At last, the tide of education reform is beginning to roll like a mighty wave. For those who need it most, it's long overdue.
0: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.
5: All right, everyone, we're at that moment where I uh, situate all of you listeners for a major question, something that, as a teacher of the Bible, a preacher of the Bible, uh, you must be able to answer to help people, right? Here, we're looking at the gospel that uh, Abraham received, right? This is what uh, Paul refers to it as in uh, his letters. And it says here, notice... God was the one totally in charge because, in Genesis 15, verse 12, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and, lo, in horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said, Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Talk about what happened in Egypt, right? And also, that nation whom thou shalt serve I will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is yet not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, out. he's been hearing God talk to him in a vision. Uh, And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp, that passed between the pieces. These were the animal sacrifices that was there. Here we see God passing a burning lamp through these pieces, right? Abraham three. So this covenant that we're looking at here, okay, that was made with him, was totally God. Abraham had nothing to do with it. What is it a symbol of? It's a symbol of the salvation that you and I received also. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We were helpless to do anything, okay? We were helpless, just as Abraham was helpless here. That is why our salvation is based not upon what we do, uh, but upon what God has done. Verse 18, And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates? And it's a lot of land, more than we can actually realize, more than just Palestine that God gave to Abraham. We'll talk about that later as we continue in Genesis and when we get into our prophetic studies. Now, I want to leave you with this. Verse 6, uh, chapter 16, Genesis 16 and 1. Question time. But first, now Sarah Abram's wife bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Okay, Sarah wanted to have a child. Couldn't. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Said, God's not letting me have a child. Okay. How are we going to have, a you know, a child here? I pray thee, go in unto my maid. What? She said, Abram, I can't have a child. You need an heir? You better go to my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Yeah, but if you do that, from our standpoint, hey, isn't that isn't that bad? Isn't that fornication? Oh. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. He listened. He obeyed that. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after uh, Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. What? Polygamy? Polygamy here? And he went in unto Hagar and she conceived and she saw that she had conceived her mistress was despised in her eyes. where well, she should have been because she told the woman to do something that wasn't right to God and it wasn't right for her. Okay, Here we see Polygamy once again, okay? And we know the relationship in the Bible is a relationship between a man and a woman, okay? That's where it's supposed to be. Not supposed to be, you know, the woman in there, you know, someone else in your house, or one of your servants having sex with them. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But this is what happened. And he went in under Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. But Sarah shouldn't have done it in the first place, and also Abraham shouldn't have allowed it. Or should they? Okay. Or should they? Okay. What's happening here? You're teaching a Sunday school class. This comes up. Some Sunday school books want to avoid stuff like this, but you've got to deal with it. Okay. Uh, couldn't this cause some confusion with your kids about marriage? Young people, about, well, what kind of deal is this? Okay. okay. What about it? Can we, can we do stuff like this today? Oh, listen, I'm not trying to scare you, but we need an answer for this. Okay. Okay. Why was this arrangement acceptable? Was it acceptable or was it not? In your Sunday school class, understand it, you will have teenagers, you will have kids that will ask you questions about stuff like this. They will, and they should. And you know something else? You should have an answer. But, friends, we won't get into that answer until next time. I want you to call in and tell me how you can reconcile, okay, God allowing Abram, okay, to have his wife Sarah convince him to uh, have a sexual relationship with, uh, you know, Hagar and produce a child, okay? I thought that, and this is what your students are going to ask you, I thought that marriage was a relationship between a man and a woman, okay? So here, you've got to give an answer. And it's got to be a good answer, and it's got to be a biblical answer. What's your answer going to be? Okay? We're going through Genesis, but I told you okay, okay, that there's a lot of things that we'll need to talk about. And uh, what I'm trying to do as best I can is help all of us <laughs> to be able to deal with questions that come up from the text. Okay? Uh, I want to be a teacher's best friend. We've got to look at this. What do you say? How is this in any way justifiable? Okay? How does the Bible help us deal with the fact that Abram okay, goes to, to his wife, ask her if he can have sex with another woman and produce an heir? Okay? Where in the Bible is that something that is justified biblically? That is exactly the problem that you face. We're running out of time. That's got to be for next time. If you have any support you can send us, please do. Send it to P.O. Box 05877, P.O. Box 05877, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We'd appreciate it very much. Remember, on the 27th, we're having our Apologetics Conference at Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, 10709 Grand River. Uh, we ask for a, a $20 tuition cost for all of you to come to bless our ministry, have handouts for you as we deal with the Jehovah Witnesses. All right, So I want you to be ready for all of that. And this is Pastor Mark. Until next time, okay? that's until next time, keep reading your Bibles. We'll see you next time. Uh, study that Bible and be ready. God bless you. by
7: Bible Boot Camp Your marriage needs to have a zero tolerance for pornography. Next time on Focus on the Family, how pornography hijacks the brain and damages the relationship that husbands and wives have. We'll offer help for avoiding this dangerous temptation and addiction. Learn how to fight for your marriage on the next Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Listen to Focus on the Family, weekday mornings at 9:30 on Faith Talk Detroit.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.